Ogeo has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never seen before features, like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear and more, the Ogeo 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. Hey everybody, this is Michael Antonovich bringing you this week's episode of the OGO Power Sports How Was Your Weekend podcast on SwapMotoLive.com. For this one, I decided to give Monster Energy Kawasaki's Adam Cincerello a call because, come on, the guy's about to make his 450 Supercross debut in just a few weeks. Uh, even though he won Monster Cup and has put in all this work and, you know, we've seen all these big clips of Adam at the Kawasaki Test Track these last few weeks, there haven't really been a lot of interviews with him. He's just been quietly putting in the effort with Nick Way and the whole Kawasaki team. So, yeah, that's why I decided to give him a call. This will be really the last time we talk to him between now and Anaheim 1. Things will get so hectic with Christmas, the holidays, that last push to the new year that it's not really going to be easy to get a hold of some of these big-name guys as we end the year. But Adam's a good interview, 30-minute talk. We discuss everything. It's good to hear that his expectations aren't off the wall. You know, Monster Cup didn't automatically make him a title contender to himself or Kawasaki, although so many other people think that. Uh, another big thing that Adam pointed out after so much speculation these last few weeks is he only has a one-year deal with Kawasaki. Um, not the multi-year contract that so many people assumed, but Adam, as you'll hear, says that this is his chance to really confirm to himself and to everybody else why he's worthy of a factory ride from here on out. Give it a listen. Thanks for checking it out. As you go through the rest of this week and the new year is coming, Anaheim one. Make sure you bookmark SwapMotoLive.com, SwapMotoLive on all of our uh, social media tags, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, so you guys can stay up to date on the latest news in the sport. Talk to you soon. You stayed in California this whole offseason, it seems like, and even through Christmas, so, like, dedicated to the craft, it seems. Yeah, um, I spent a lot of time in California last year. Uh, I just felt like I just needed a little bit of a change, and um i think i've talked about that enough you know working yeah, yeah. And, and doing stuff like that but um i think this year I, I went back to florida for november was able to do a lot of models with uh you know ken Roxon and um, kind of utilize the the tracks that we have uh, over at the moto sandbox there in florida um and then i spent other than that um pretty much before monster cup i was in california and uh, just recently, obviously all of December in California, and I'll be here until February, like uh, like most of the guys. So uh, I actually bought a little spot out here um, just this past off season. So it's been nice, kind of just having some roots out here and being able to you know be organized and you know get our stuff done. How is it, especially as you try to find out all the ways that the new team works, to be with them every single day? Like you and Shanty have probably have a really good relationship now after every day together. Yeah, I think I think just being around the team as much as possible, um, and, and just seeing how, you know, seeing how we communicate and, and just getting to know those guys as much as I can. I think for me, um, you know, I've known Justin for a while because he was obviously Joey's guy on uh, Pro Circuit, and uh, I've known a lot of the Cali guys since I was, you know, eight nine years old. So um, the transition has been really smooth, but um, more so just I think being out in California, it's a little bit easier to. Uh, mess with the bike here and there you know when we go back to florida it's like you know i'm talking to oscar which is my crew chief or you know talking to justin and and kind of relaying information and then you know maybe they'll send me a shock one day or um you know have me try this or try that but out here it's super hands-on and um, i think it just allows you to make a lot of you know really i guess um, positive changes really quickly 
you know, a, a little bit more compared to, you know, sending stuff back and forth to Florida. Yeah, and things getting lost in translation or them not seeing exactly what the bike's doing on the track, things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And But also I think it's, I mean, obviously it's really good to go back to Florida too. It's um, it's a little bit less, a uh, little bit less distractions um, in terms of like, um, I don't want to call you media guys distractions or anything. But Oh, no, no, Florida, we are. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get a hold of you, you know, in Florida or, or you know, shoot videos or this or that. And, um, you know, and I think the tracks obviously present their own different challenges, you know, with the dirt being tackier. And it, it's just a little bit, um, it's just a tad bit more organized. And I think you're able to maybe when you really need to put in a lot of work, it's a little bit easier to, to go higher volume in Florida. But, um, you know, that being said, there's an advantage to, to both places. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said a minute ago, trying to figure out little things about the bike here and there. With the right. 250 to 450 is such a big difference. You know, I mean, you guys have so many suspension changes, engine changes that could be different, chassis stuff. But then also you have multiple people in your circle that will help you get through things. Uh, like you have Oscar now that's your crew chief. How is all of that stuff for you? Is it easier to relay all of that information back and forth to each other? Yeah, it is. It's been... Uh, really smooth i think yeah i've been really fortunate to be around good people and and have a really organized program from a young age and um i think uh this is just another another step in that direction you know with you know me having a crew chief for the first time in my career i think honestly just it's pretty cool for me honestly oscar's been oscar's been great to work with And, and basically how that works for people that don't know is um basically i funnel all the information or or most of the information about the bike or um, what I'm feeling through Oscar and then, then Oscar basically coordinates it, um, you know, with everybody else being, you know, my mechanic, obviously Justin or the suspension department, motor department, um, engine mapping, all that different type of stuff. So it just kind of, it, for me, it's just about limiting, um, the amount of information, limiting the amount of people that I have to talk to. Um, and it just makes everything simpler, um, which really, which really adds up in the long run. Obviously, it's a long season. I'm yet to go through it, but I can already kind of see um, it's just a little bit more of a streamlined process. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest change? I mean, power aside and all that, 250 to 450, because that's a complete different bike from the hydraulic clutch to the way the engine and the chassis and all that stuff is. Was it an easy transition for you? Yeah, it, it was pretty easy. I think um, the first couple of weeks, I would say when I got on it, I was riding uh, it, I was riding the bike a little bit too much in first gear. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I, because you can pretty much, you can pretty much ride the thing in first gear all over and, and go decently fast, um, obviously, other than the whoops. But um, the gears are so much longer. It's just a little bit tougher to, as soon as you get on the bike, to figure out where you're going to be the power. Um, mm-hmm. But once I got that down, I would say it took me two or three weeks. Um, and then it, after that, it's kind of just been a steady, um, steady incline of progress. I feel like I kind of, um, you know, every month I feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit better, and um, so I think to improve myself too. So I would say just getting the the gearing right and, and all that stuff, and kind of um, obviously you have to ride a bit different, but you can't lose what makes you you. You know, and what 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 separates you from the rest you know you have to find a way to, to keep that special um, part about your style even though you do have to ride the bike a little bit differently so I think it was just about figuring that out for me gotcha hey the big thing um, 250 to 450 that 
the one difference everybody always talks about is the suspension, where you guys are on kit suspension in the 250 class, and Mitch's stuff is great, but now you're on the full Showa setup. How is that? Is that a big noticeable difference, or is it not the way that everybody would assume? Um, I mean, it, it's quite a bit different um, in terms of, like you said, I mean, just the full Showa setup, but uh, I would... I, I've had really good suspension guys, um, you know, over the course of my career, yeah. like I mentioned earlier, and I, I wouldn't say it's anything I go out there and I'm like, wow, you know, it's it's not it's not really that much different per se. You know, I think it's just a little bit, um, it obviously has its areas where it's different, but um, no, everything's been been relatively smooth, um, kind of switching over to that full show setup, like you said. Mm-hmm. The big thing a lot of people noticed was uh, that BFRC shock that's been on your bike. And a lot of guys have gone through that, and there have been, like, pros and cons to it. Some people have loved it. Some people have hated it. You obviously like it if it's on the bike right now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been it's been good for me so far. Um, yeah, and, and I think even at Monster Cup, um, like, just going through that process, and I, I, we've made a lot of, you know, I thought I thought the bike was was pretty decent then and um we've made a lot of lot of positive changes um since i mean i would say we're we're probably 50 percent stiffer than we were at monster cup um to be honest which obviously needs to be because the track's going to be quite a bit different but um yeah i think i think the whole process and working with oscar and um the guys that show everything's been been running smoothly so far of course you know it's a long season and um you know, obviously, one of the difference between 250 class and the 450 class is the the emphasis on bike setup and, and really how much it makes a difference. Um, I've probably I've known that fact probably since I was uh, 10 or 11, just being around all the guys. But you know, actually going through it myself and seeing it kind of for the first time and, and understanding how important it is. Um, I think the guys that I'm working with have done a great job of kind of educating me and, and helping me, uh, you know, get the most out of that shock. The way that, I mean, you've been a Cowie kid your whole life, um, dating all the way back to, like, 65 class, to see a full factory 450 with all the little touches there, like the engraved nine parts and, you know, the stuff that Showa did on your fork lugs and on the shock, how is it for you to see a full factory bike that you know is for you? Is it still cool, or have you kind of been like, yeah, dude, this has been my whole life? Yeah, no, it's it's crazy cool. Um, like I said in the past, it's it's something from a young age there's something weird about me from a young age that i just felt like i knew this is what i was going to do you know there was just no doubt to me um and you know when i was with cowie and eventually kind of you know i've been kind of talking to mitch mitch um since i was maybe 10 or 11 um and obviously i was doing well as an amateur as a young guy and i just felt like that's where i belonged and i just wanted to be there and, and being around uh, Villapoto and in Weimar and in those guys riding factory Cowie I just felt like I was destined for it but l- like I said there were some rough moments there for a while where I wasn't quite sure I deserved it and wasn't quite sure I was worthy and and, and this last year was really um, for many reasons a pressure cooker of a year because I really did need to prove that I was worth you know their investment and their time and you know I think obviously just a dream come true for them to give me a shot um, and, and you know have that bike sitting under the semi and you know, with the single-digit number and all that stuff, it's just, it feels like a dream. Okay, hey, the one thing that we've heard a lot of, un, like, unconfirmed talk about was how long this deal is. Is it a one-year deal, or is it a multi-year deal? Yeah, it's, it's a little more complicated um, than, than I guess, how I'm going to put it, but it's, it's basically a one-year deal, basically. Okay, and then incentive-based, like, hey, do good, be at this point, we'll re-sign you and renegotiate? It's, it's basically a mutual option. 
Okay. Yeah. So for you then, being in a position like that, is that something where you're just putting it out of mind and just know like, hey, week by week I need to do what I need to do, or is that the big carrot always dangling in front of you? No, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think it's that at all. Um, and I think in the past, for me, I've always performed well when I felt when I feel like I have to do something. Um, that's that's how it's always been. Um, and so I think um, putting me kind of in this position where I, I'm betting on myself um, a little bit, definitely. Um, I, I like that position, and I think um, I, it really doesn't weigh too much on too much on me. Um, mm-hmm. I think, like I told you. I've had a lot of pressure, whether it's real or just the pressure I put on myself from a very young age, you know. <laughs> so of, this is no different. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it really is no different. And regardless, I'm going to do everything I possibly can, whether, you know, I had a, you know, $3 million contract sitting right in front of me or I was riding for, for free. I'm going to do the absolute best that I can. So uh, no matter the circumstances, um, that's not going to, to me, that's not going to change my results. Gotcha. For a highly touted rookie like you are, I mean, we've been talking about this moment, you becoming a 450 pro since you were a kid. Um, You've been completely under the radar these last few weeks, and I think that that's got to be an intentional thing because you just have the option to stay quiet. Has that been part of your plan is just get the work in and not cause a bunch of buzz? I mean, I can't say it's been something I've really spent much time thinking about. Um, I do feel sometimes... You know, I, I'm very fortunate to have a great fan base, and it seems like lately, especially, a lot of people really want to see me do well, which, man, I appreciate more than anything. Um, you know, and it, it's obviously I'm the exciting, I guess, rookie and coming in new class, and, you know, I think I've always had a little bit of a, I don't know, just like this aura around me. People just for some reason want to see how I do, whether I'm doing bad or good. It seems like it's a topic of conversation, which is super flattering for me. Um, And I definitely wouldn't have it any other way. But I think sometimes I'm cautious to not overplay it. You know, I don't want um, I'm I understand that I'm talked about quite a bit. And um, and I don't mean that in a cocky way, not even a little bit. You know, obviously, there's there's a lot of people out there, you know, talked about more than I am. But um, I just try to, I guess, be as modest as I can. And, um, you know, I, at, at a certain point, you got to let your, you know, your riding um, in racing do the talking. And um, obviously, there's a lot of hype for me coming into this year. So um, it's just been about me focusing, doing everything I can and, um, you know, just really locking in. The last uh, last real big Cowie, like, rookie prodigy was James. And I remember he did this big interview back in the day that was like my whole life is about Anaheim one. Do you feel that way? Or is that like, no, dude, you can't put your entire life on one night. No, definitely. I I definitely don't feel that way. Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at Anaheim one in singular, you know, by itself, um, I I think that's the wrong way to look at it. You know, I think we raced, what is it? 15 or 14, 15 weekends in a row Mm -hmm. or or something crazy like that. Um, You know, it's a marathon and, it's kind of I'm looking at this year as a as a year to set me up for the future. Obviously, I need to um, I need to do the best that I can, and I honestly do think I have the potential to to be up there in the battle and be competitive, and you know potentially win races, and you know who knows even more than that. But um, I think that starts with uh, definitely not a one race mentality. You know, you got to look at it from the long run, and of course, do your best every time you're out there. Okay. Did winning Monster Cup change the entire perception of what 2020 is supposed to be? Like, does that instantly build more pressure, and does it 
skew what you and Kawasaki had planned? No, no, I, I don't think it does uh, much to be honest. I, I can honestly say, and, and I promise to you that I have had the, I had the same belief about Anaheim or just in myself uh, before monster cup as I did after I really felt no different. Um, obviously I think, uh, it's going to be different. Obviously there wasn't the, the field wasn't you know, crazy stacked at monster cup. Um, you know, notoriously I've done well at Vegas in the past, you know, not to discredit myself too much, but, um, I'm definitely not ready to, you know, I don't think it's fair to call me, um, you know, a championship contender or anything right off the bat, you know, just because I won monster cup. Uh, obviously it certainly, it helped my, helped my confidence a little bit. Um, just knowing that I can get it done and, you know, it was cool to have Eli right there on me, giving me pressure and, and kind of, um, you know, really pushing the pace. But, um, beyond that, I, I don't think it plays too much into the season if I'm honest. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't think that that would be one of those things where it's, okay, he did great at this one standalone event in the middle of October before we've really even done any of the work, so this is going to set the base for the entire next year. I didn't think that you guys would be that way. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I think everybody was really encouraged by the results, and it's really good to, you know, get my 450 career started off in a positive foot. And, you know, I just communicated with the team, you know, we communicated with each other really well that day. And it's good to have a, you know, a nice team win, nice morale boost. But um, beyond that, I think we all know it's a little bit different when it gets to to January in the season. But uh, with that being said, you know, I knew that when racing, you know, monster cup it's not like i you know just cashed in after that said oh we got this you know it's Mm -hmm. sweet it's smooth sailing to january so um i think i i have a good head on my shoulders about it and i think everybody on the team does as well have you noticed um like you said earlier being in california there's always something going on you've filmed and done a lot of preseason stuff or things for sponsors is that hard is that really that big of a distraction because you've never been so open to it in the past as a 250 guy um, no, it, it doesn't. I think the month of December is for, for the for people everybody. that are not, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, for everybody, it's kind of a little bit of a, um, in, inconvenience in terms of your training. Uh, you know, you come in and a lot of, a lot of us start our kind of harder training program, either the last week of October or first week of November, kind of depending on where everybody's at. Um, and it normally goes until about the middle of December. And then that first week of December, you have you know, maybe three or four days where it's pretty much an all-day obligation, uh, which, which sounds like nothing. And really, it's not much, you know, for – it is our job. So it's not anything to, to really get balled up about. But um, it does kind of knock you off that training rocker a little bit, and then you have to kind of lock back in and, and, and kind of finish out your little, you know, training camp strong. Gotcha. Um, the big thing is for a lot of people when they go from the 250 to the 450 is – they have to bulk up or they do a lot of things like if you look at rv from 250 to 450 he got a completely different body pretty much did massive. you massive he was massive massive yeah look at the uh the guy white. looks like a guy looks like a um biscuit out there a piece of sourdough toast in 2009 and that white thor gear with the purple stripes yeah <laughs> just absolutely beautiful um wow, we love rv rv's badass we have the same birthday this is just yeah. two years before me um Okay, so then did you put on a bunch of weight because you are a bigger kid and you were skin and bones for so long, or has this been like, hey, this is healthy, I'm just going to stay at this? No, I mean, I didn't I didn't say, hey, or I didn't talk with Nick and say, hey, let's put on a lot of weight. Um, I think last year I was maybe watching my calories a little bit just because, um, 
I was a little bit on the heavier side. So I, I maybe was my race weight last year was maybe 167 or so. Um, and right now I'm probably closer to 180. But I think oh, okay. that's, that's more so just me just kind of having more of a normal, less restrictive, um, I guess, amount of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there were certain areas, you know, with my body where I know I needed to get a little bit stronger and we've addressed those areas and, and gotten a little bit stronger, but, um, it wasn't anything we were like, okay, let's, you know, put on 15 pounds mm-hmm. or something. Do you feel, I talked to Mitch Evans, uh, at the Paris Supercross a few weeks ago. And when he was on a Honda 250, he said he cut a bunch of weight and he's a bigger guy too. And he says now that he's been able to put more weight on, he feels better. So do you feel better with a little bit more weight on you? I think I always have. I've always felt a little bit better when I'm just a little bit uh, bulkier, I guess. I think it's just a little bit more of a a more consistent energy. I think when you're when you're really lean, at least from my perspective, um, for what I've dealt with in the past, and I, I think when you're really lean, you can you can get it to where you feel great um, on race day or, or wherever. But it, it requires a little bit more of a uh, I guess it's a little bit harder to do basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can feel it's just, it's kind of unrealistic to, to think that you can kind of carry that through a complete season, at least for my body type. I've always felt a little bit better when um, I was just a little on a thicker side. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Hey, we'll get ready to wind this down. This is a short podcast as it is. You have a busy week ahead. It's the holidays. Hopefully everybody hears us while their plane is waiting to taxi and take off to go home. Um, <laughs> Anaheim one is coming up. I know as a guy that loves the sport as much as you do, like you and I have a mutual respect and an admiration for everything that goes on into this. How excited are you to be a 450 guy? I mean, I would think you might have an opening ceremonies part. You're going to be in these big races. I mean, this is this is go time. Have you really got given yourself the chance to like soak it in or is it all business that day? Well, it's crazy because it's really, I mean, even – even this past year, right? Like winning a winning a championship, especially a national championship, it was always a dream of mine. And um, I would I was just telling Nick actually earlier this morning. I'm like, dude, I don't even ever think about you know winning that outdoor title. Like it, it's just crazy how much you're always as a human being. I think human nature, you're just always wanting more, and you're always looking to the next thing. And I think for me right now, obviously, there's a little bit of that in the back of my head that I'm stoked to be just a part of the premier class, you know, a part of the show and, and doing the opening ceremonies thing and, you know, having potential to, to be the best supercross rider in the world. I mean, having at least a chance to, to call myself that, um, I think it's something that I'll look back in the years to come and be stoked on more so than I am now. Cause honestly, right now I'm just so focused on doing everything I can to be as successful as possible. Cause ultimately I only have one, supercross rookie season you know ever this is it this is this is the the farthest i'm going to go in the sport in terms of um the class so um you can't get too much you can't get caught up in the moment um i think because you know that could kind of diminish the 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 end result so Mm -hmm. for me it's just about staying present staying um you know and ultimately just doing my best doing my best and not letting the excitement you know overwhelm me um I think if we do that, we'll be in a good spot. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't crazy excited. I mean, you know, and a lot of people know how much of a fan I am of the sport in general. And just to, to be one of those guys and, um, you know, to be out there, it's it'll always be special to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do the work now. 
soak in the moment later. Yeah, exactly right. And you've heard a lot of guys say that um, over the course of their careers, and a lot of them in or James or Chad or anybody, one of those guys say that they wish they would have enjoyed it a little bit more, but that's what made them so great, you know, is is their ability to move on and their ability to um, see that the work wasn't done and, and not be satisfied. I think that's one of the, you know, one of the very um, defining characteristics of a champion. So I think um, I'd be silly not to try to copy that. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks, AC. Give me one more thing. Uh, A1 memory. What's your favorite A1 of all time? A1 memory. Man, I wasn't there in 2005, um, but that was like that was going to be the race of the century, you know, with James coming up. And then you had Wyndham and um, Carmichael, Chad, everybody. My favorite A1 memory, I was there in 2009. When when Chad and James got together and they and went down in the whoops, Josh, yep. And then Josh Grant won. I think um, Wyndham got second. I, that that had to be the one. I was really really excited for that one. That was that was probably the most excited I've been at a race like in attendance probably ever. I was I was maybe twelve or thirteen years old and just absolutely loving it. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one because it went wild. That was a good race. All right. Thanks, buddy. Hey, enjoy the holiday. We'll see you uh, at Angel Stadium. All right. Thank you. See you, buddy.